Welcome to Homepage Radio, live Homepage Radio, where technological issues make things exciting and fun in the wild world of radio. And part of the uh, funmeister here is the greatest, greatest, really, uh, technological wizard within seven feet of me, Rod Richardson. Hello, Rod. And I'm going to talk to you extensively in a short period of time. Hello, Duo. And I'm glad that the bar has been set so low. Well, I would say it's seven feet. That's a pretty good bar. I mean, I can't jump over seven feet. I mean, neither can I. Well, so that's a high bar for us. All right. So, well, you know, Homepage Radio every month uh, on this incredible radio station, WPKN, happens really because of this fundamental human reality of the word home, which is basically just where we feel safe and where we come back to and, and basically part of who we are. It's where we live, our home. Well, in these last two years of cocooning, chafing, isolating, segregating, even potting, you know, sequestration was there to prevent infection, but it really has really kind of infected a lot of people with a sense of loneliness and futility. And and it also created a whiplash in the weird world of at least Connecticut residential construction, where a lot of people are thinking about messing with their homes, building new homes, selling their homes, doing things. And that, that weird hyper sensitivity to the word home or the definition of home is something that the homepage radio has been dealing with now for about five years or more, I think. And it's only because of places like um, WPKN that we can actually pull back from the DIY world and the fad world and actually think about what does home actually mean? Well, when things are changing, we get a sense of where we were and maybe even a little window and where we're going. But the truth is, home is such a cliche for so many people. The polar opposite of you know, walking in the front door and uh, having your dog lick you and sitting down to a nice warm uh, dinner, that, that cliche that's true for so many people and really was part of everybody's life for the last two years in sequestration has interesting distinctions. Some people don't feel that way about home. Or they're either in a circumstance where they don't have a physical place that is their permanent home, or more often, they're in a place in their lives where they don't have their home that they grew up in and do not even begin to understand the home that they will come back to at some point in their lives. I think those people have a really interesting sense of what home is, not the cliche, not home sweet home, but that other cliche where home is where the heart is. And I also think that that sense of home is where the heart is really emphasizes the fact that a lot of people follow their heart to go to different places. And you could call it wander, wander lust, or you could call it boredom, or you could call it running away from reality. But it is, in fact, a reality. And even when you're on the road, you do have a home somewhere, somehow. Well, the reality of making your home with you, taking with the reality of taking your home with you wherever you go, really, it is an attitude that is blissfully refresh, re, refreshing to the sequestered out sofa dwellers. The idea that you know there could be a life where you you don't actually watch the you know thirty seventh version of the of Law and Order repeating for the twelfth time on a binge watch overload. Well, and homepage serves to focus on things like that alternative. 
So this is this show is going to be called Home Away. And we're going to have ultimately the studio in a little bit Martha Lewis who you just heard for the better part of a couple hours do her thing on the radio, but she's just returned from an amazing just turning of the dial of her residential life to a whole different place. And Charlie Detman, who I've known for 30 years, is calling on go we're going to call him actually from San Francisco or to San Francisco, we're going to be talking to him. And he spent the better part of his 20s completely uprooted and following a path. And lastly, we recorded uh, from Albania, if you can believe it, a person that I've been in contact with for 10 years, Katie Perviance, who basically started out studying architecture, but ended up having an amazing life of travel. And she'll be she'll also be talking to us. But you know, in all of this right now, in the room with me, in this in Bridgeport, Connecticut, is is Rod Richardson. And Rod, in preparing for this show, you relayed to me that you've gone through this experience of an extraordinary time when you really didn't have a easy to define home. Tell us about that. <laughs> I'm beginning to think flip through like, well, where is where is the most notable example of that? And, and the problem is, is that, you know, I think about it, it goes all the way back to my birth. We, we mm. kept moving around a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, every four years or so, we would go from one location to another to another. Uh, and eventually during my high school years, uh, my family moved to France for four years. Wow. And then I came back to the United States with my family after that. And then I saved my money for a year and went back to France on my own for two years. Mm. All the time thinking it was supposed to be just three months, <laughs> that, that it was temporary. And, and, and even when I got back to the United States after that two-year experience, um, I kept moving every couple of years. And mm. it was only, um, it was only a, sometime, I guess, in the early, yeah, 1990, as a matter of fact, that I finally moved to some place where I would stay longer than four years. But the expectation was it was temporary for the entire really? 14 years I was there. Really? And ultimately it was because the landlady sold the house out from under me. <laughs> and then I moved to my current location where I've now been for the last um, 17, almost 18 years now. And what I find about all this, which is interesting to me because, of course, raising a family and now daughter is out of, out of the nest and um, I'm in the house by myself at this point. And I've recently had three of my cats die. Ooh! So as Ooh. A, as a result, home keeps changing yeah. in its nature. And the one thing that I that really for me has driven home, uh, well, so to speak, so yeah. to speak, yeah. is how temporary all of this is. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, to the point where um, I sometimes try to imagine what the land would be like if my house were not there. Mm. I I start looking at the houses around me in the neighborhood and think about them. Like, what would they be like if they were all trailers or if they were all tents? Yeah. Um, because we are basically just, you know, even though I bought the house, although the, the bank has the mortgage, right? <laughs> so you think you own it, but you don't really. Um, we're stewards of the property for a while, and then we're yep. gone. And the people who were in the house before me stayed, you know, did the same sort of thing. They raised a family there. And the, the gentleman of the house actually went to the store, fell down, and never came back. And when, we, and when we went to look at the house, when we were considering buying it, you could see the family portraits there when they were all younger. But you also got the sense that you were beginning to step onto the same conveyor yeah. belt as, yeah. as the pre previous family. And then there was this sense, of, again, of like, 
you know, we have this sense of ex- exceptionalism that is really reinforced in our society, that we're all special, mm. that Americans are special, but mm. we individually are also special. But there's also this idea that we're just other individuals within a larger collective that we don't have a lot of control over. You know, and one vivid example right now, people who are at this point losing their homes in a really dramatic way yeah. are the people of Ukraine. Big time. You know, who are basically now under under attack to know to what end, who knows. But the reality is everyone knows that, you know, they're going to be refugees. They're going to be moving. They're going to be leaving their permanent homes. Their homeland is now for them temporary, too. Mm. And so what is home? You said home is where the heart is. And that may be the ultimately the true definition of home and everything else is is i don't know gift wrapping or or well extra you know what's really interesting to me uh because you're i've known many people whose parents were in positions where they had to move either military state department or i don't know just this predilection and it, this when this happens really young obviously it sets a, a pattern in your thinking and uh I know one person who has spent her entire life, who spent her entire life, first 18 years being home. And this is a, is a really wonderful place in Buffalo, New York, incredible parents. And she just went through the exercise of essentially, with now that both parents are dead, to unhome her home. That's after creating a home for herself. So, so her sense of home changed when she, like everybody else's does when they go to college or they or they get a job or they get married or something happens they move away from this thing you never had that fixed geographical resonance of your family in a home am i right with that um i would say no i i mean i would say you're right in so much as the homes that we had the houses we lived mm-hmm. in they were in they were in neighborhoods they were in communities right that we felt we weren't going to be part of for very long. And you knew that from the very beginning. You knew that from the very beginning. And, and moreover, Interesting. The, the fact that my parents actually were from the Midwest, but we were on the East Coast, reinforced another message, wow. which was the expectation is that when you grow up, you move hundreds of miles away from your, your family. And as a result, I have very attenuated relationships with my cousins. I mean, I know who sure. they are, some of them, but, I, but I've lost track of most of them when they became adults, as I did, um, because we just didn't feel particularly connected. Isn't it weird that, and I, not weird, isn't it kind of overlooked, and I do think this is the case in America, it's really kind of overlooked that the family and the home become incredibly blurred and yeah. they become almost a, a, one is the other, for most, but for people like you, and I do also think you'll be hearing from other people, where the home that was part of who they were as a person either goes away or they found out where I am isn't who I am. I can be where I want to be, and my home, who I am, which is really the essence of home, goes with me wherever I go. And you've been living in a place that's the longest time you've ever lived in one place. Right, so that's almost 18 years now. Now, do you think that's still, that that sense of this is, I mean, I know the long-term existentialist kind of like life will always change and soon will be fields or skyscrapers. Right. Um, do you find that your expectation is that this home really is temporary for you outside of the larger view? Actually, I think for me, I aspire to have it be the last place I live. Okay. Because I don't, all the moving around ultimately takes a toll and moving by the, by itself is a, is a hassle. But at the same time, I don't know that that's really the right thing for me to be doing, planning on. Interesting. You know, and, and so 
Um, I honestly don't know. And, and of course, touching on the home thing, the other recent change, of course, is is that for years I called WPKN at the University of Bridgeport home in a certain way. Right. And then we've recently changed from that right. location to our present location. And this is a wonderful space. But at the same time, it doesn't feel quite like home. It can't. The way the other station yeah, did. Yeah, it can't. Um, but one is I'm, I'm still sort of seeking that, that place where it starts to settle in. And right now it feels still a little bit, a little bit unsettled. Yeah. And so, and so for me right now at this stage of my life, um, even though there's permanence on some level, there's, you know, the temporary nature of where I happen to be in any given moment, you know, is just, I can't escape it. Well, what's interesting, what you say is that, you know, I'm as, as I guess you, I guess you should, people know is I'm an architect. And part of most of the stuff I've done as an architect is residential stuff, which is homes, new, renovated. And what is quite clear to me, even though five or seven years ago, I was mowing my own lawn and I look up, I look at my house and the sun is setting. I look at the house and I just, it came to me out of some cosmic void. This is it for me. I'm going to be here until I'm dead. And, and I just know it's true. It's not like I reasoned it out. This is, you know, I have to walk up a flight of stairs to get into the home. So it'll be a little bit weird. But the idea that, that I realized hard that this is, this is where I am. We built the house. You had it on to, I mean, for 37 years. So this is going to be it for me. Well, I'm in the process every single day of making a home, which is not the home people have now. And what happens is that sense of home being who they are or who their family is, gets into wish fulfillment where the, the homes can trend to validating what is already there as, a, as exposed to, as a, as opposed to just simply expressing who they are. That reality I think is uniquely American. I think it is one of these things where I think that American exceptionalism model that you were speaking of, I think that transmogrifies directly into the American home market and has made the American home market right now one of the strangest places in the world because we all know these interest rates are going to go way up and the market's going to go way down and this mania is now going to become a recession. Well, thanks so much for being with me for this time and we're going to be together for the next 45 minutes. But in when we come back, we're going to be talking to Charlie Detman who has settled into San Francisco but had a pretty interesting life before that. Welcome, welcome back to Homepage Radio. My name is Duo Dickinson. This is WPKN 89.5 FM on your radio device of some sort. And every month we do something called Homepage Radio. And on it, we think about what home is, not necessarily the style, the the marketing, the really the real estate uh, machine that creates home values and and really uh, promotes many things that many people find completely dis- distinguished from who they are that actually make them feel like it's kind of icky to to have a home. Well, everybody has one of these homes. And and in this world of home ownership, um people end up finding out who they are cuz sometimes people never own a home and sometimes people don't even have a home to come home to. They are they are their home. They're they're in transit. They're 
They're, they're around. And this particular show we're calling Home Away because there are some people that I know and that have really taken interesting either interludes or permanent switches in what they do with their lives in terms of where they hang their hat every night. And, and one of those people is a person I've known for 32 years, Charlie, something like that. Um, yes, indeed. Uh, and, and in those first uh, 18 of those 32 years, um, I would say, because I, I was right there with you, uh, Charlie had the classic American upbringing, a beautiful home, a wonderful family, a great neighborhood, great schools. You came home every day. And tell us every, you know, a lot of us go away to college and things. Tell us now about that next decade after you left that idyllic life you grew up with. Tell us about how your life changed over that next decade. Yeah, my life definitely changed in that I was living in a different city every two years. Mm. Uh, even within those cities, living in different apartment buildings. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a lot of different living spaces, a lot of different living situations, some by myself, some communal. Um, and yeah, in different cities um, mm. that had different ways of getting around. Sometimes I'd have to commute pretty far to get to my school or workplace. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, and then you made a huge jump and you, you part of how you, uh, how you saw the world really rotated around another part of the world. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. So I'd say, I mean, growing up in Connecticut, um, I think my sense of home was very rooted in the, the physical space there. Mm. And as I moved around a lot, um, started to feel kind of disconnected from the, the physical spaces, mm. but started to appreciate more of the sort of sense of home as formed by community. And I had some communal living experiences uh, particularly in China that I right. really enjoyed. Um, and I think people I talk to also have this experience maybe in college where they're living in a dormitory surrounded by lots of people who they can make friends with um, from a diverse set of backgrounds. And that's really exciting and energizing. And after living in Asia for a number of years, I did. I got hooked on tech, um, <laughs> and I wanted to uh, go where the, the tech was and where I could learn the most, so I moved to the Bay Area. Yeah. And there's actually a lot of communal living in the Bay Area, and after a couple of years, I ended up living in this community called the Hobbit Hole. Wow. And um, that really made my experience uh, wonderful in, in San Francisco. Mm. And, um, it was a great living space. Um, but I think more importantly, the community that was around it, uh, really made me feel at home there. Well, this is interesting. So single family American dream home college episode, episodal kind of moving about, but then yeah. those years that you spent in China, that seemed to me, seeing and knowing you from afar, really detached you from 
any physical locus of home and really made home wherever you were. Tell us about your wanderings and, and where you went and how home went with you. Yeah, I'd say, I mean, I brought to make home feel like home wherever I was. Um, I mean, I definitely brought some like artifacts around with me, like photos, um, a blanket <laughs> that I really like. <laughs> um, what else? But you really did lose that sense of you know, going home to your bed. You just you you would come home with to your blanket and to your pictures, but not to a physical space. I would guess, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. How do you think in these last couple of minutes? How do you how do you think about home now? If if you're not in in that uh, hobbit hole anymore, you're looking at these next you know decades of your life. What do you think? home will be for you in the next decades? Yeah, I would like to maybe be in one place for a longer period of time. And I have been in the Bay Area for about seven years. But um, and since you reached out to me, I actually looked back and was like, oh, how many places have I lived here? (laughs) Eight places in the Bay Area in the past seven years. So uh, including the Hobbit Hole, which I was at for about four years. Wow. Um, Wow. And now I'm I'm also in a bit of a communal living situation now, which I am really enjoying. Um, but I would like to, in the coming years, maybe find somewhere I can just put some roots down. And I, I would like it also to be um, in some way in a community that um, I already know that, that mm. I build. Mm. And whether that's in a communal apartment building or just being in the vicinity of, of other folks um, that I'm close to, I would like to figure that out. And it's, it's something that a lot of people in my friend groups think about. It's like, how do we create that? Is it some, like we all buy parts of a, an apartment building or do we like build some commune out in the, in some rural area? Mm. Uh, or do we all try to live close together in the city or in a suburb? Um, yeah, and it's it's something I don't have an answer for, but um, that's sort of what I what I've been thinking about. Well, what's really cool is that um, unlike uh, your parents and my parents, uh, other parents, there was always this expectation, at least in America, that you would a light you'd come into a center place called the home which is a physical place just for your family and what's really clear is that through detachment and then sort of i guess a sensitizing displacement you're going to have a broader perspective of that and i think that's a really great message for everybody so thank you so much charlie for being on homepage radio well thanks duo for having me and thanks for uh you know making me think about this a bit more it's uh a good exercise. So, well, we'll, well, tune into homepage from San Francisco. You can it streams every every uh, last Thursday of the month. So, thanks. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. So, so when we come back, we're going to be joined by Martha Willett Lewis, who you just heard for a couple hours on WPKN. But she, I'm sure she's her devoted listeners know this, but she's just come back from a really interesting, complete change in venue. And I think that will reflect on what she thinks about what home is. 
Welcome. Uh, w- welcome back from that, uh, I would say, inter- interesting intergalactical music that Rod has, has uh, gotten for us. Because actually, this is quite appropriate for Homepage Radio uh, this month. This is the show that comes on on the fourth Thursday of every month. And it comes on a radio station, WPKN, which is a unique place, I think, anywhere. It, it is only exists because people like you who are listening are willing to do more than just listen, maybe actually donate or maybe actually go on the website to see how you can volunteer. But the truth is, this is an incredible facility that was made by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people over the course of 60 years. And this place, which is all good places, are not just physical locations, they're also social realities. This social reality uh, is something that you are part of just by listening and can be far, far more part of if you go to our website and just sort of take a look around. Because this kind of radio only exists outside of the free market economy. It exists because people want it to exist and will support it. And one of the fixtures, I think, for me, who has listened to WPKN since 1980, one of the, although she hasn't been here that long, one of the fixtures of WPKN is Martha Willett Lewis. I'm a fixture? Well, you're terrifying. You're not plugged in or screwed (laughs) in, but but you are, you have two shows. I do have two shows, which is a little weird. Which is a little weird, but (laughs) also pretty great. And in case you don't know it, you know, you just listen to the Flux Capacitor, which is Mm -hmm. this weird collection of really cool stuff you do. And you also do something called Live Culture. Which will be this Saturday from 11 to 12. And not just that, you had kind of a segment of live culture on the Flux Capacitor. I did, I did. I, th- I felt like in honor of Black History Month, I was happy playing black artists, but I felt a little silly speaking <laughs> for uh, people that are not, that I'm not, a, I'm not black. So I thought, what would be the best thing that I could do? And I, I thought, I want to talk to artists, yeah, and I yeah. want to talk to black female artists. Yeah. And so I had both both shows that I did. I talked to black female artists, wonderful people. So I had Cherokee Cowherd, who's a fashion and multimedia artist, and Clemenza Hawkins on today, who's a collage artist. And they both gave fascinating stories about music and the way that music has influenced them. And, and I feel really pretty happy with how that went it was fun well was fun. well you know art architects are kind of in this weird non-artist artist world where mm-hmm. they sort of have an aesthetic uh, mantle and all the rest of it an aesthetic but, mantle <clears throat> well yeah well it, sometimes the mantle pieces are made out of logs and but still <laughs> uh the, the the but what i find wonderful i did not know i i assumed kind of you had some yale connection but you did get an mfa from yale but you also mm-hmm. went to the cooper union which I is did. this incredible arts enclave in downtown um, Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And it's arts, architecture, and engineering. There you go. And yeah. it's free. And it's but, free. And it's free. Um, but in doing that and seeing all, and I'm sure some of you know this, but many probably don't, you know, Martha is also the queen of the of the gallery at the Men's uh, Institute Library in New Haven and is also uh, deeply involved in creating an art exhibit for the state of Connecticut and is also herself this incredible generator of art. You are you're an incredible generator of art. So I see, I see, um, I see that. And I'll, oh, this is a stupid thing to say, but I see it sort of like a home in a sense, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a biosphere of 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 desire, intent, and and devotion. And you're 
you are really productive as an artist, which is almost an oxymoron because artists are these things which oftentimes are the fringe of non as non relevance. They're just over here making cool stuff, and maybe you interact with them, maybe you don't. Right, but hopefully that's changing. I think during lockdown, people have started to really feel but I'm the power of the creative that. arts. I think people like you or make a change because you're yeah. totally engaged in the world as opposed to being part of the periphery, as many of yeah. my artist friends are. And then something happened where you broke from the geographic centroid of the Northeast and Northeast art culture, and you left your physical home and you went away. Tell us how that happened, what you did. And the biggest thing I want to get out of this is, is how that changed your thought of what home really is. Tell us about the whole thing, because you, you had some large sequestration periods. Yes, I did. It was intense. And this is an intense period of time to be traveling in mm. and particularly... Um, in Asia right now. Right. So I just want to preface this a little bit, which is um, I've always had trouble with the question, where were you, where are you from? (laughs) Where are you from? Um, And I do not identify particularly with the place that I was born in. I was born in Boston. I couldn't wait to get out. I wanted to be in New York because New York, um, I went there in the 70s as a child, and it was the most cosmopolitan place on the mm. subway. You saw people from everywhere, and everybody's milling in the streets together, and that's that felt like home to me. Um, places feel like home to me, like my studio building, Erector Square. Mm. I immediately walked in the building and fell in love with it. WPKN in the old space. I walked in and saw the record Labyrinth and fell in love with it and knew I wanted to do something. Um, Here's something you don't know about me. My father was an architect at the Architects Collaborative in TAC in Cambridge, Walter Gropius's company. You betcha. Um, And then he went on to reinvent himself doing um, architecture or design for boats in Florida. Mm -hmm. So he he was very good with small spaces. So I, I just... So, 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 so the elevator speech for us will be, mm-hmm. how do you, after all of this, going away to China for mm-hmm. six months, right? Yeah. Tell us how you think about home now versus before you left. So I went off to Hong Kong. It's, um, you know, there's a big fight about whether it's China or not. Right. And when I went there, there was an extreme set of measures because of COVID. So mm. getting there was quite difficult in a way that's, I think, probably hard for most Americans to understand. Um, but I was in quarantine for two weeks and I just missed, luckily, they, they upped it to 21 days. So oh I was my. in there for 14 days. And that literally meant... I. So I was in a small hotel room where you could not open your window. I could not step my foot outside the doorway. Things were dropped off for me, and I was COVID tested by people. But that was about all all the interaction I had. And I was uh, working, going to be artist in residence at the University of Hong Kong in their architecture program. Um, so I was trying to get ready for that, but I was also dealing with with lockdown and being quarantined so my my son was quarantined in okinawa Mm -hmm. and he was inside of a box yeah my sense looking at what you were posting from china is that you were in a box i was in a box and i was very lucky that my box had a good view out of it so while i was in kowloon in the in the quarantine hotel so when you leave the um you go through a very elaborate process at the airport and then they 
put you on a shuttle bus with your luggage and take you to the various quarantine hotels where people in hazmat suits meet you. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. And they take you upstairs, right? That's the last time you see daylight. Um, you know, so, or you see daylight, but you don't have any fresh air. Like the, the waiting for the minibus was the only time I was outside after I got off the plane. But you would at least go get food and... No, they would bring... Bring you food. Pre-ordered, not... And I could also... Uh, order things in using apps on my phone and some very kind people sent me. So my big gift was somebody sent me a fruit basket and coffee and an HDMI cable so I could plug in my laptop and do yoga on the flat screen. (laughs) Um, Anyway, (laughs) home to me, I'm, I'm a person somewhat like Rod, I believe. I've traveled a lot in my life and my sense of home, you know, New York felt like home, but Home is something that I carry with me generally. Um, no matter what. I have I, I I live a lot of the time not in the United States. Is uh, that true? Yes. And I'm used to being in places where the language is not my first language, where I have to kind of figure things out. I maybe don't know people. Um, and, so, you're, and that actually, because we we, we'll be talking to Katie Perviance in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she basically said that's, that is almost why she's alive. She thinks that detachment is something that is incredibly energizing to her and vitalizing to her. Do you find it the same thing? I, I love, I love being home and I love traveling. Uh, you know, it's, it's binary. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I like variety. I'm a person who likes variety. I would say um, it's something that I feel like if I could do something, I would give every college age student person in the United States money and insist that they go somewhere where they don't speak the language for a short period of time so they can see that other cultures really? function properly, how hard it is when you have to think on your feet, and and also how marvelous it is, right? The big, wonderful world out there. I think part of the problems that we have have to do with people's ignorance and lack of empathy. So in the in the micro sense, in the micro sense, you've got about a minute left. In mm. the micro sense, you obviously, or did you grow up in a physical place for your first 10 or 15 years? Were oh, you, yeah. yeah. So I grew you up in had that Charlie yeah. Detman home. Yes. And looking back on it now, do you see you've changed? Do you see that maybe when you were 12 or 15, you said, oh boy, I get to go home and have mac and cheese and lie in my bed. And, and now it's, oh boy, I get to go to Tanganyika and, and see gazelles or, or I get to meet this person that I haven't met before. Have you seen a shift in who you are relative to what your home would be? Um, do you mean, am I different when I'm traveling? Or are you different now than you were in terms of oh, how absolutely. you view home? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that it helped a lot because as a young artist, I was very poor and I was virtually homeless quite a lot of the time. There you go. Right? So I moved a lot and I was in not particularly savory surroundings sometimes yeah. or, um, you know, just shift. I had to move a lot and my things had to go into storage and in and out. So my idea about comfort and security, you know, uh, a mug of something hot kind of does it for me. Um, but I want to say something about Hong Kong, which is really quickly, which is that it was great to not be in the United States. Yes. And it felt so much less chaotic. And when I was there, um, it was a lot safer than it is here. Wow. So once you went through all of that process, people were incredibly kind, polite, mask wearing and clean. Yeah. And even though many people are not vaccinated there, it was, 
you know, much more open. I was able to go to places that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing in the States. And when I came back, it was like having the bends because it was so unregulated here and oh, it was wow. so chaotic. But at the same time, it also felt kind of good to free. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a mixed bag, mixed bag. Martha, I love listening to your show. I thank love you. listening to you now. It's a delight so to talk to you. Thank you so duo. much to be on Homepage Radio. When we Thanks come for back, having me. Katie Perviance. Fabulous. Hey, welcome back to Homepage Radio. Homepage Radio comes on once a month, the fourth Thursday of every month. And this Thursday, we have a topic which is unusual but pervasive, which is we're conditioned, all of us as people, to think of home as a destination, as a safe harbor, as a place where we go. And we are who we are there, unlike most other places that we go in the world. It's it's really our extended set of clothing Homepage Radio looks at that, but home is not just that. Home is also with you all the time in some way. In some way, all of us basically take home with us because we were born in one, we live in one, and we also have a sense of our own comfort level. Well, some people live lives where the home is not a place. The home is inside of them. It's part of them. It's the foreground, not the background of how they live their lives. So this week on Homepage Radio, we've been talking about home away. And my next guest is a truly interesting human being who has spent years away from where she grew up. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce Katie Perviance. And Katie, are you there? Here I am. Hello. So, Katie, tell me where you are now by the miracle of technology. So, right now, I am the capital city of Albania. Mm. I'm in Tirana. Wow. How long have you been there? Uh, since last June. Wow. So, for the benefit of, of just the people listening, give us the sort of thumbnail elevator bio. Where have you been over these last few years? Um, so Albania is my 25th country. Um, and I'll give you a quick summary of how I've been to so many countries. I was in the Peace Corps. Ah. That's why I went to Africa. Uh, I once worked on a merchant marine training ship. And so that's how I made it up to Norway and Ireland and the Bahamas. Wow. Um, I, I've been an English teacher since 2013. Wow. Um, and I have taught in Poland, Oman, China, and then the very beginning in the States. Um, and I once spent six weeks in Vietnam just because I needed a cheap place to live. Mm. I once lived in Canada for a month just to take advantage of an expat tax thing. Mm. Um yeah. So, well, this I'm, is the, the reason why I'm having you on is that I think a decade ago we shared some airspace talking about things architectural and 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 environments and the human condition in the built form, and 
I thought of this show and I immediately thought of you because uh, while you're teaching people how to speak, you also, to me and your writings and, and other recordings you've done, you have a terrific sense of what people feel is important in the world around them. And the one thing I want to talk to you about right now is how has all of this, this decade really of being dissociate from a geographic and even physical place uh, of origin and maybe even of return, how, how, what, let me put it this way, what is home to you? Oh boy, that's a big one. Um, yeah. Like I'd like to say to people, like home is where the heart is. Mm. So wherever I go, I'm at home. Um, I feel more comfortable abroad. I feel safer abroad. Wow. That's great. Um, we have a big, beautiful world. I think of the movie uh, Auntie Mame, and she says, life is a banquet, and most poor fools are starving to death. Hmm. We have so many interesting, beautiful, fascinating things to see in our world. And the idea of just staying put in one spot, I don't get it. I want to go see everything. So in all of this, okay, projection is a normal human condition, and I are one. So um, I project into what you're saying that that the, your home is literally inside of you, and not dependent on any place. Is, am I right about that? Yeah, like I don't... Whenever I'm in one place for too long, I get itchy. You mm. know what I mean? Like, I, I got the wanderlust real bad. Mm. If I'm in a place for it's been a year, it still feels wrong. Well, that's interesting. So you can have a place actually become not a home, but become... I would say depressing. Am I right? Yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way. But yeah, a place that's tired <laughs> and tiresome. <laughs> well, here's, and there's so much to see. Which really, that to me, this is a breath of, of interesting air in that, um, you know, I'm a really old guy and we built our own house 37 years ago. And there was a moment about three or four years ago where I'm mowing the lawn and I look up at my house and I go after 35 years and I go, you know, I'm pretty much going to die here. And that is at the 180 degree other side of the orbit of the universe of your, your sensibility, which is I am receiving the world versus I am safe in a place in the world. Tell me about, tell me about, in your different places, have the different places harbored you in different ways? Have you thought differently about these places when you go to and from them? I'm not sure how to answer that. Mm. Um, I, I, oh, how do I put this? I'm in a number of different Facebook groups for people who are nomadic. And what I've noticed is there's a lot of people who will do a lot of research before they move somewhere. Mm. I don't do that. I <laughs> see so much adventure to just show up. Amazing. See what happens. And you know, you can't be disappointed if you come with no expectation. Well, that is profound. That really is. And I think the other thing which is interesting to me is that, you know, the vast numbers of people that 
I meet, and I'm sure you meet too, and I'm sure how you grew up, the vast number of people live a sort of a comfort food life. They like, they like, you know, the warm bed. They like the binge watching. They like the mac and cheese. And the metaphor for that to me is, is actually food just because everybody eats, everybody has a home in all of these places, all these extremely different cuisines, these different things. Has there been a place where the food you're eating says, wow, this is home to me. I love this. Or is, is, is the food you grew up with still, could that still change your way of looking at the place you're in? Mm. I see. When you first started asking the question, I started thinking of the last place I lived in China, which mm. was a small ancient stone village on the southern coast where you, I don't know if you could have that kind of food experience anywhere else in the world. Wow. But it didn't say home to me. It said adventure. What was the food like? So I have to tell you about what shopping is like. Before I tell you about what food is like. So we would walk. So we lived at the beach. And we'd walk about a half an hour inland through an ancient stone city. The name of the city is Shushushu. Three different words. Shushushu. It means stone lion city. So everything is made out of stone. We'd walk through this ancient village completely made out of stone for about a half an hour, and then we would get to an outdoor market, and that's where we did our weekly shopping. Mm. Everything was there. Mm. Um, and then there was a, an indoor wet market um, mm. where you could buy any part of any animal <laughs> and just anything you needed was at this market. And so I love that. I love going to such a different kind of shopping experience. You know, it's not Safeway, it's not Vaughn, <laughs> where everything looks the same. It's like you could get like a, a, a cube of blood curd for 25 cents, and that adds so much flavor to your food. And you can't do that in other places. You know, in a way, what you're describing is, is almost the anti-Amazon world. I mean, I know many people that, that literally get everything that they use on Amazon. And I go past homes and I see dozens of Amazon boxes at their front doorstep because it's the universal harvester of all things humans make and consume. You actually are describing a, a, a situation where you are grazing in different fields all the time. Are you still surprised by that variety? I think so. I think so. And I think it's the, when I stop feeling surprised that I feel like I'm ready to move on somewhere else. Ah. If I'm not feeling light, then that means I'm getting bored with it and I want to go somewhere else. You, now, you've been in Albania how long? Um, let's see, since June. So you, are, you be, are you beginning to feel the itch? Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I'm looking at other places. Almost every day. So here's, now this again is a really cool inversion in the way I think you think. So when you think the way somebody thinks, you're clearly not going to get it right. But what I think you say you're thinking is that you actually need difference to feel you. And what's interesting, and what's interesting there is you are now in the place of 
what we call in architecture when they are driving a piling into the ground, it reaches a point of refusal, meaning it doesn't go in anymore with the pounds that you're banging it into the ground with. So, mm-hmm. so you're at a point of refusal or getting to it where you are. How do you determine what's next? Um, so what I used to do is I used to look at the global peace index <laughs> online and see what places were more peaceful than the U.S. Ooh. And there's many. <laughs> um, and then I'll tell you about how I came to Albania, because if you had asked me the day before, Katie, are you ever going to go to Albania? I would be like, what? Um, So I was in China for three years, and I love living in China. I just love working in China. And it got to the point where I figured the best thing to do was to leave. This was last summer, and things are definitely a lot more difficult now with COVID. Mm. So I did a search for um, just entry restrictions, and I knew I wanted to come to Europe, and Albania was open without restrictions. Wow. Here. And I am vaccinated, but records are in Chinese, which Mm. makes them a little useless outside of China. I just needed something easy. Yeah. Well, as we close, I'd I'd love to have, you know, just any thoughts you have, only about you, don't worry about anybody else. If, if, If I were to wake you up in the middle of the night, and I would say, you're not allowed to use home is where the heart is. But I wake you up in the middle of the night and I go, Katie, what's home? How would you respond? The whole world is my home. Ooh. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Well, Katie, I can't tell you how great it is to reconnect with you after all these years. Uh, Your thoughts and your articulate um, musings about everything but architecture is one of them uh, really made a difference in my perceptions of, of, of what I've done my entire life. And I really want to thank you. And I would love you to come back on homepage sometime to actually maybe give us other thoughts about other things, but thank you so much for being on. Oh, but it's, it's so fun. And thank you so much for being on homepage radio. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. So thank you guys for dealing with homepage radio and me and these, these guests. And I can say without exaggeration that home is where the heart is and we forget that because we think home is where the garage is or the bed or the tv set the mentality of arrival and safety and also as katie perviance is saying excitement of what home can be is often forgotten just for the fact that all beings have places they feel safe so i'd ask you on this show Do you feel too safe in your home? Is there a place where the home is actually not you? And if that is, places like Homepage Radio and other places will allow you to see different things. So thank you so much for joining me, Duo Dickinson, on Homepage Radio and WPKN 89.5 FM. And I hope uh, the day gives you a good reflection on where home is for you.